Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. John, you're looking a little different today. <laughs> well, that's because I'm not, John. It's uh, Chris <laughs> Rafino with Copper Beach. <laughs> yeah, we have a surprise guest today uh, in, in, in place of John, who is, I think, currently still on an airplane coming back from from Europe. So uh, obviously he's oh. unavailable today, but um, uh, you know, as much as he would like to be hosting this podcast, I'm sure he's had a, a much nicer time over the last week. <laughs> so well, I'll tell him how much wine we had without him and then he'll feel jealous. Okay. Yeah, I think, although I'm sure he's had his fair share of wine while he's been there, <laughs> but it, it, you're right. Yes. But not right now. Not right now, Michael. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Okay. So we've got Chris here. Uh, what are we going to be talking about today, guys? Yeah, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about a, a topic that I, I don't think we've talked about on the podcast uh, before, and and I thought having Chris on here, you know, would be a really good, uh, really good topic for him and for our listeners as well. And we're going to talk about Roth accounts, and this is probably a, an account type we call it that I think a lot of our listeners have heard of before, but there's been a lot of changes in this world uh, in recent years with the SECURE Act and some other tax laws that have been changing. Chris, which we'll, we'll discuss with Chris here, but that's what we're going to cover today. And so, Chris, first off, thanks for being here again. It's good. To, you know, it's it's definitely a little different seeing you across the table than my father, because when we did your introductory podcast, you were doing that at home. So this is the first time in the office in person podcast, but thanks for being here. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure to be here. And it's great that we're doing it live. So I'm excited to be here yep. in the Copper Beach living room to talk a little bit about Roth IRAs. Yeah. So let's, uh, well, let's just jump right into it. And and again, I think this is something that a lot of people have probably heard of before. Um, they might understand the basics of some of what we're going to talk about here today. But I think what we're going to get into is, uh, I think, going to be a little bit foreign for some people, which is a good thing. We'll educate you. But Chris, why don't you start off on kind of talking about just what general the concepts of, of Roths are. Sure, absolutely. First, I just want to start with that, right? Where does Roth IRA come from? Shouldn't we call it like best IRA or the perfect IRA? <laughs> um, you know, the, the word Roth actually comes from Senator William Roth. He's from Montana, and he's the one that sponsored the le legislation to start the Roth IRA. Really what the key difference is, so we all know about traditional IRAs. So what happens there is, you put money in pre-tax, meaning you're not taxed, money goes in, or you could get a tax deduction, right? Money goes into that traditional IRA. The money grows tax-free, but when you do reach retirement and that money comes out, that money is taxable, right? So this legislation that William Roth, the senator, introduced, basically the money is already taxed. So it's post-tax money, and that money grows tax-free, but then the key is it comes out tax-free in retirement. And for 2023, you can put away $6,500 into a Roth IRA. And if you're over 50, you can put away $7,500. Yeah, that's... Uh, and and one thing I would point out too on the traditional IRA, because this comes up a lot with, with a lot of the, 
uh, families that we work with, because you've gotten a tax deduction up front, typically, as, as you said, Chris, sometimes you can contribute to those traditional IRAs without getting a tax deduction, but most people, when they contribute to those accounts, would. But because you've gotten that tax deduction, and as you said, they grow free of income tax, but you have to take it out at some point. And the government puts mandates on when you have to start doing that, which uh, has changed over the years with uh, the SECURE Act, which uh, frequent listeners to our podcast have heard us touch on on that act uh, quite a few times over the years since it's been enacted. Uh, but the downside, I guess you can say it, it's a downside or not a downside, we should probably get into a little bit here, but those what we call required minimum distributions when you hit age, I think now 73, or I think there's legislation even potentially to ter- bump that up to 75 in, in certain uh, areas. But at a certain point in time, you have to start taking those funds out. And that's oftentimes for many families, they don't maybe need all of those funds, but they're required by law to be able to take them. The Roth IRA is a different structure. Yeah, correct. So in a traditional IRA, you have to take required minimum distributions, which is essentially forced liquidation of your retirement assets. And when they come out, they're taxed, right? In a Roth IRA, there is not required minimum distributions. So that money comes out tax-free or doesn't have to come out of that vehicle at all. Yeah. So it's a great legacy play too, a lot of times for for families that for otherwise might not need those funds. The fact that they don't have to take them out, they could leave them in that account, right? And you want to pass them to your heirs or maybe charity wants to be you know involved in some form or fashion but that's the key thing you don't have to take the funds out and that's uh that's a huge benefit depending on the family yeah absolutely it allows you to control taxes in retirement as well because if you can actually take money out tax-free from this vehicle if you don't have any other income sources besides social security you can really control how much you're going to make that year and you know that can control you know what taxes that you pay right right so and you can use you know what taxes that you may want to pay to do other structures on a on a tax saving standpoint yeah and, and we're going to i think we're going to touch on roth conversions which is i know that's a that's a very common topic because w- one thing that i i've seen a lot recently it's a really interesting uh, phenomenon i i want to say is beca- because i think it's going to come up with particularly with the SECURE Act, pushing out this retirement minimum distribution age. And I I know this from experience. My father-in-law, who is, uh, I think he's 71 right now, he's approaching that required minimum distribution age. But he's been retired for probably almost 10 years now at this point. And he's he's very comfortable with their current level of income. He has a pension, he has social security, like you mentioned, and he doesn't need, doesn't need these funds. And so he's, we're now in the similar type of conversation to talking about this Roth conversion, but it's interesting because I feel like many people think that they're going to need these funds. And I'm not saying that, that you don't need them. You got to do that planning to determine whether you do need it or not. But I feel like more families over time are not, they're going to realize that they don't need these funds because they're going to develop their own income sources elsewhere. They're going to be working longer too, and they might not need to take them. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I just want to kind of make this a visual for folks, right? When you think about a Roth IRA, I want you to think about the money is already taxed, right? So that's going into the account. And I know nobody wants to pay taxes, you know, now, but we're going to have to pay taxes on it in the future. So kind of picture this, right? You're going to pay taxes now, on the seeds, right? I'm giving a farming example. Yeah, it's a good seeds, one. Right. And then you won't have to pay taxes on the harvest, 
right? Which ideally, you know, if you put $100,000 away today, let's say you could put it all in a Roth IRA or you converted it. And in 20 years, you know, hopefully that's a million dollars, right? So do you, would you rather pay taxes on the 100,000 today? Yes. And not have to pay the, the, you know, taxes on the million dollars in 20 years. So, you know, that's kind of the visual that I, I would want to give you. And traditional IRAs are really set up the opposite, yeah. right? The money's going in, you know, tax, pre-tax, right? We didn't pay taxes on the seeds, but we're going to have to pay taxes on the harvest. And, you know, th- that's okay. But when we start to get up the wealth spectrum, um, you know, that can really change the tax situation. And it's money, like you said, that some of our families don't even need. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's why I think when you when you look at Roth IRAs or Roth accounts in general, there, there tends to be a consensus. It doesn't always happen this way, but there tends to be a consensus that the younger you are, the better a Roth IRA option tends to be for you for the reasons you just mentioned, right? And you, you're, you're paying tax on the seeds. I like that analogy. And then you're allowing those funds to grow free of income tax. And when you take them out, there's no tax as well, which is a, which is a great benefit. Chris, talk a little bit about, if you can, uh, the, as you mentioned, sort of contribution limits. There, there's there's income limitations sometimes right, for right. some of these so, accounts too. So who, can, who can actually do a Roth IRA? Use it, right? Um, you would say, well, I make too much money. I can't do a Roth IRA. So true. If married filing jointly above $218,000, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. However, there is something called a backdoor Roth IRA. All right. So let's just go to traditional IRA for a second. You could be Bill Gates. You could be Elon Musk. You can be making, you know, billions of dollars. You can still contribute to a traditional IRA, right? It would be non-deductible, but you can still contribute mm-hmm. $6,500 to a non-deductible IRA. Um, so what you're able to do to get money into Roth, into a Roth IRA, if you're above the $218,000 limit is you do what's called a Roth, a backdoor Roth conversion. So you put away the $6,500 in a traditional IRA and then convert that traditional IRA deposit into a Roth IRA. Um, You're able to do this, but there is one little twist involved. Um, So not to get too crazy into it, but there it's what's called the um you know aggr- Roth aggregation rules and if you have another IRA so another traditional IRA out there so not inside of your employee sponsored 401k plan but if you have another IRA right. they will aggregate those IRAs together for that conversion um so there's kind of a so there's a way around that but you know, that's the little twist, right? And that's why, you know, you're going to come and, and seek advice from, you know, financial planners like ourselves and, and a place like Copper Beach to be able to help you through these situations. Yeah, that's just, as you can see already, a lot of moving parts. And and there's a lot of talk around making the tax code simpler. It seems like <laughs> it happens, uh, the, or that's the exact opposite all the time. It just becomes more complicated. And uh, that's, that's what we have to wrestle with every day. Uh, but uh, hopefully our listeners take what you just said, Chris, I th- it's very important is a lot of times you're looking at these things, a lot of great resources out there for people you know, to look at themselves. But I think having professional guidance is really important when you're making some of these decisions. Because yeah, that's that's a rule that many people are not aware of. 
could foul things up. So you just you just got to make sure that you're doing the right things, of course. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and there's there, there's a lot of different rules, right? And there's a lot of different ways to you know work through how to fund a retirement using Roth IRAs. So what we did just there and talk about was you know a backdoor Roth conversion. There's actually you know converting traditional IRA money to a Roth is another way mm-hmm. to fund it. So that standard conversion, you know, you're basically to convert from a traditional to a Roth, you're going to have to pay the taxes yeah. and you can do it in chunks, right? Where you can do a little bit every year. So if you're younger, I mean, it might make sense to put money that will grow tax-free and never get taxed again, right. you know, in, into that option. It's just a matter of where does that fit in, in your overall plan? There's one other, right? So if we want to go a further step, and we can kind of talk about the garage door or the mega back door. Oh, the garage door. I like, yeah. I like that. I've not heard that one. Well, That's, it's uh... a bigger door, right? So, <laughs> I, I get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So for, you know, so if you work at your company, right? The first thing I would say is I would look at your company's 401k plan. Your company's 401k plan, you know, might have a Roth option. Uh, a lot of them do now. The majority yeah. of them do, right? So then it's weighing, all right, do I put away money? where I get a tax deduction, so pre-taxed, or do I do my company's 401k Roth? Um, even beyond that, right, do, do I use that vehicle, right? You can actually use the company's, um, it's basically called a, you can use the company's 401k plan to roll your old IRA back into your right. company sponsored plan and you can convert $43,500 of that into Roth mm-hmm. using the company's plan. And more and more are starting to do that. And really the other, the next step to that is in, in a company's 401k plan, the employer, right? You're, you're, that company you work for makes contributions to you called profit sharing. Those contributions now, because of the SECURE Act, are starting to become Roth contributions as right. well. So- there's ways to use an employee sponsored plan to do what's called a, you know, garage door or mega back door conversion. Right, cuz do, by doing that you're 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 getting more assets into that Roth regime, right? And and grow and grow, growing tax free, correct? correct? As I'm as I'm understanding. Yeah. Which is, you know, again if you're kind of following the the bouncing ball here a little bit, if you like to be able to take advantage of the Roth concept, uh, but you have maybe um, you're above the income thresholds, right? That you talked about earlier in terms of being able to fund it, or you want to put more into the the Roth uh, regime beyond just the annual IR, Roth IRA contribution limits. You've got higher thresholds within the 401k world than you do in the IRA world. Which, yep. which is, I think, important. And, and you're right. I've seen a lot more 401k plans that offer Roths um, than I have. You know, early on in my career, it was kind of foreign. Um, we always had one here at Copper Beach. Our plan always had that option, at least since I started uh, way back when. But I didn't see a lot of other um, plans that had it. Now you're starting to see a lot more. So that's which is good. I think particularly for younger individuals, it's it's great. Well, and you, and you might be saying, well, you know, I don't work for a big company that has a 401k plan. Um, you know, like Copper Beach does, where we do have a Roth option and they are making profit sharing contributions as Roth. What can I do as you know a individual business owner? 
or a, you know, or an owner of a small business. Um, and a lot of our families are, you know, privately held family businesses. You know, what can we do to take part in this Roth regime? And I mean, the good news is there's a couple different vehicles that we can. So there's something called a SEP IRA. So simplified employee pension IRA. Um, those are now as of 2023 and the Secure Act able to do Roth. And then there's something called a solo K, also known as an individual K, also known as a individual 401k. So again, lots of complexity here, but that vehicle as well, you know, is something that a individual entrepreneur or business owner can use to put away money mm -hmm. um, and do it in the Roth regime, if you will. And just to throw out a number, right? Like imagine we had a small business that was, you know, a husband and a wife owned the business. They could put away per year, both of them, if they had a solo 401k in Roth, $147,000 if they were over 50. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big contribution limit. Uh, it's and, and you can get a lot of funds into that into that world, uh, which makes it nice. I want to bring it back to maybe the legacy piece as to why I think Roth IRA or, or Roth accounts, not just Roth IRAs, but uh, Roth accounts in general are are nice from a legacy standpoint. Again, that's, you know, our focus a lot of times is generationally. Um, and the SECURE Act really changed how these accounts are inherited by the next generation. There's now a 10-year time frame with which, now this applies to both uh, traditional and Roth accounts, there's a 10-year time frame when you have to fully liquidate these accounts. But in the traditional world, that is all income taxable, right? As we talked about, because you haven't paid any taxes on those funds typically. It's usually pre-tax dollars. So when you start combining all these different tax exposures, that's a that's a big burden oftentimes from a tax standpoint for the next generation to bear. With the Roth IRAs, as I mentioned, you do have that same 10-year timeframe, but from an inheritance standpoint, much better tax picture, not just for the account owner, but for your heirs because you're using after-tax dollars as well. So a lot of times, putting more assets into this regime is a, is a helpful way to, again, avoid kind of generational income tax exposure uh, that that we just talked about. That the Secure Act changed uh, sure. substantially. So it's another important component um, to keep in mind as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a, it's a huge component for families. You know, you you raise great children; they grew up to be really successful. You know, they're making you know, really good money. And if they're left with an inherited traditional IRA that they have to liquidate, right, and pay taxes on in a 10-year period, you know, that's just going to drive up, you know, the cost of that harvest, right. if you will, for, you know, for that second generation of that family. Yeah. And what's, what's also interesting to, to talk to your legal advisors and tax advisors about as well is don't forget that when, you're, when your children inherit these traditional IRAs, it, they're going to be paying tax at their income tax brackets, not at the income tax bracket that you may have been as the owner. And that could be, they might live in a different state and you might have a much higher income tax exposure on that front as well. So having more assets in a, in a Roth vehicle eliminates a lot of those concerns because I know that there are certain states out there that you know, if you retire to those states, they might at the state level tax IRA distributions differently than maybe the state or another state. So that's an owner might think that that is 
how the assets are going to be taxed when they get inherited, and that might not be the case. So it's just important to to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, one one more thing I want to add too with the Secure Act that given the five two nine unused five two nine available to be able to be oh yeah into yeah. Roth, um, it's up to thirty thousand, which doesn't seem like a lot, but you know. Think about how expensive college is to be left with thirty thousand is a is pretty good. You know, it gives mm-hmm. a little bit of a buffer around it. But you know that that kind of makes five two nines a little bit more attractive. But also, um, you know, is another reason why a, a Roth vehicle um, or Roth regime, which I which I like, might add to um, a family's you know general retirement planning and and estate planning. Um, so for that small business owner, again, though, to the use of you know a SEP IRA in the Roth regime or a solo 401k um, in Roth, mm-hmm. you can actually do a mega backdoor garage door as a um, small business owner, right? As well. So I think I think that's unique. But like you know, like I said, there is a multitude of complexity. Right. And, um, you know, we're, we're here to, you know, help you plan through that and figure out what makes the most sense for you and is going to have the most impact on, you know, your tax situation, your estate planning situation. And really, if you can help that make that decision of whether you do want to get taxed on the seeds mm-hmm. or the harvest. Yeah. Yeah. Again, from a legacy standpoint, too, uh, if you if you have or an estate tax exposure, you're being forecasted to have an estate tax exposure. Uh, keep in mind that a lot of the planning that we may typically look at for that family with a, let's say a family business, uh, you're not able to really do that with these types of accounts. So that's another thing to keep in mind that there might be other options outside of the IRA world or Roth IRA world to get those assets out of your estate. But typically, but but the, the Roth conversion is a really good one too. I think a lot of times we've talked about this on the podcast before, if you have a traditional IRA and you have an estate tax exposure as well, very often up to 70% of that value gets lost between the estate tax exposure and that unpaid income tax exposure that you now have to pay within within 10 years under the SECURE Act. So a Roth IRA conversion, although to your point, you might pay some income tax on that conversion, right? That's still in the aggregate, maybe better from an estate planning standpoint than not doing the conversion and keeping it within that traditional IRA regime type of world. That eliminates the income tax exposure potentially on the inheritance that goes to right. the next so generation. Maybe you're paying income tax on the seedlings, right? So they grew up a little <laughs> bit, right? And you know they're not quite the full harvest. Um, I do want to put one more thing out there too: is you know Roth IRAs and really IRAs are general don't have to be invested in the stock market or mutual funds or ETFs or managed accounts. Um, they can be invested in in real estate. They can yeah. be re- invested in you know precious metals. They can be invested in um, private corporations. Um, Peter Thiel, I believe, has a $6 billion um, Roth IRA. So they wanted to put a limit on it. The limit that's thrown out there by Congress is $10 million. It it didn't pass, so there isn't a limit. But that's the limit they're talking about, right? So there there are other ways that you can invest in them, right? Mm -hmm. Believe in diversification at Copper Beach. you know, both from a from an investment standpoint, but also in you know how we're mitigating 
you know, tax exposure. So, you know, being that we are, you know, really advice driven, financial planning, comprehensive financial planning driven, estate planning driven, you know, we are agnostic to how you choose you want to invest your IRA, your Roth IRA dollars. So I believe that's a, just a big strength on yeah. where we can help you. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when you brought up the the proposal to kind of limit the the Roth balances because um, it, it goes to show you how powerful of a tax uh, play this can be when Congress wants to try to curb it, right? That's, um, you know, that kind of just puts a bow on it, I think, sure. in terms of how, yeah, how powerful it can be for a lot of families. So, uh, listen, Chris, I want to thank you for, for being here. Are there any other final uh, thoughts on Roth that we maybe didn't cover? Well, I, I would just say this too, you know, say, well, Roth sounds too good to be true. You know, why wouldn't you just do, do a Roth? Like what, why would the government do that? Right. Like allow this. Well, they're getting the tax money now, right. As opposed to in the future, when yeah. you do um, in a traditional IRA, take out that harvest. Right. So, you know, for them, it's actually helping, you know, more on a shorter term, raise the tax income tax that, that the government's getting. But you know, beyond that, I mean, I think it's it definitely another arrow in our quiver to, you know, help clients, um, you know, manage their wealth tax efficiently. Yeah, I think that this has been really great because it's good for me, too, because I think it really does. You've done a lot of research on on this topic in terms of the other options that are available. I really like the the, the Roth SEP because that's, you know, an option that's relatively new that could really benefit a solo practitioner or somebody that's not within a large corporation but runs a business you know themselves and that that could be you know a really good option for them so you know hopefully if you're listening out there you know this maybe piqued your interest a bit and you know be happy to to guide you through some of those discussions um as you need to but uh chris thanks for being here oh i appreciate it thanks for having me michael and thank you both of you thank you for listening today please like follow and share this podcast until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC-registered investment advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors.
Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Portfolios and Copper Beach Financial Group are not affiliated with any other named business entities mentioned.